0: And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you, guys. Let's get on into the episode. Yeah, fighters. What's up, everybody? It's Mike here. And before we jump into today's episode of covering physiological adaptations to aerobic endurance training, got a couple quick announcements and shout-outs for you. As always, this episode and every episode of the podcast is brought to you by our shop. Go to lifeofafighter.com forward slash shop. Check out all the amazing eBooks, services, products, content, affiliate content, and products we have out there. The biggest thing I recommend for everybody, obviously if you've heard this uh, podcast before you're going to know this, but just in case you didn't or you forgot, our fitness and nutrition vault is probably the best value we have and I always recommend it to everybody because it's $5 a month or $50 for the year. We even have a one-time $250 payment you can make for a lifetime pass. And pretty much the way I look at it is from a budget standpoint, $5 a month is, I think, doable for pretty much anyone's budget. So I wanted to create something that's um, valuable, that adds not only value, but actually implementable, and um, information, and content, and plans that you can execute ideally on your own with or with the support that we have without having to necessarily implement a coach on a one-to-one basis in person. Because for some people, that is just not a realistic option for their budget. So this, I think, is the best option that I've seen that gives you not only workout plans and nutrition plans, but content, explanations, guidance, all that fun stuff. Um, But if you want to level it up a little bit more, we also have our Pro Coach program. That one we have at uh, $250 a month, but we actually have it Um, marked down right now at 199. Again, that's going to include one-on-one coaching and accountability on a daily basis, weekly check-ins, and a customized plan that goes a little bit more in-depth and would be available on the Fitness Nutrition Vault access. And then even above that, we can get into some more customized things, depending on the needs and what you guys are looking for. Obviously, just reach out to us. We'd be happy to help. And if it's not with us, point you in the direction. We have partnerships where if it's either not within your budget to work with us, or it's maybe just not everything that we can deliver, we have um, a network of Life of a Fighter approved programs and companies and brands that we work with. That's a perfect segue, actually, into a new Life of a Fighter approved brand, Kudos. We're going to be um, actually having on Kudos' founder John Gardner on in the couple weeks to follow. I'm really excited to to kind of get into the details of that, as well as a big shout out to Quest Nutrition. Um, got a couple new things coming out and they they always kind of hook us up with um the new bars and the new stuff they got so I just want to give them a quick shout out all right without further ado let's jump on into it go guys so again physiological adaptations to aerobic endurance training what does that mean that basically means what's happening in our body when we're doing aerobic training spe- specifically endurance training because you know we'll think about okay I'm running that's good for my cardio or, hey, I need more cardio, I should go run, um, or do some kind of aerobic activity. But the real details on what's happening in our body, how it impacts performance, and potentially some of the sacrifices you might have to make. For example, um, when we look at muscle fiber and fiber size um, versus actual aerobic work capacity versus the actual um, energy production from it, those are all the different things that we're going to look at and some of the variables that can come into play. So, First set of variables we're going to look at is performance-based variables and then the impact of aerobic endurance training adaptation. So muscular strength, no change. So you're not actually going to get stronger by doing aerobic endurance training um, in and of itself for your muscles. Muscular endurance, going to increase for low power output. So again, um, for numerous repetitions or For minimal strength, minimal power output, that's actually going to increase for your endurance. Aerobic power increases. So actually, Phil DeRue did a a, a video on this, I want to say yesterday or two days ago, talking about aerobic power. And I believe he's actually got um, a series out or some kind of download that you can get. So I'll put a link over below to Phil DeRue's page, but just check him out, Uh, Strong on Instagram and I think everything else – is one of the speakers at the Fight Science Institute and actually the director of strength conditioning for Fight Science Institute. So really, really smart guy, high level, works with some of the best guys in the world. Um, So I always kind of try and give him a shout out and support when he's putting stuff out. So again, aerobic power, we're not talking about one punch knockout power, we're talking about the ability to replicate um, power over and over and over again, multiple times. For example, through a fight being able to not just throw hard ones, one haymaker, but be able to throw multiple damaging kicks or punches or a combination of those flurries. Um, Or, for example, in football, being able to have that uh, power repetitively, not just a one-time truck power to knock somebody over, but to be able to run, have a running back run 20 plays and be able to have high performance, high output. Next, maximal rate of force production. So no change or potentially decreases. So the maximum amount of force we can produce at any given time, again, no, it's not going to go up for sure, but we potentially could run the risk of lowering it a little bit. So that's why I think it's important, again, depending on what your sport is, depending on what your goal, it's very important to consider how you implement aerobic training and the impact it's going to make and where it fits into your programming. So again, if we are working aerobic endurance training the week before a fight or the week before an event, it's probably not the best idea because we're going to lose some force production, but if we can use it as a foundational tool to build a certain aerobic workload and then build up force capacity after that, that's probably a better implementation, but that's just one example. Vertical jump, um, ability goes unchanged, anaerobic power, no change, sprint speed, no change. All right, now let's look at muscle fibers. So fiber size, no change or increases slightly. Capillary density increases. Mitochondrial density increases. That's one of the biggest ones. So mitochondrial density to me is a really, really big one. That's the powerhouse of the cell. where We're producing all of our energy. So as we get more mitochondrial density throughout the cells, that's going to become huge from an energy production standpoint. So myofibril packing density, no change volume, no change cytoplasm density, no change, and myosin heavy chain protein, no change or decreases in amount. So again, let's go back to the mitochondrial density really quick. Because I think one of the benefits to implementing some aerobic training with this mitochondrial density can become important again, depending on periodization and programming, because if we can implement a two week cycle of aerobic training, increase mitochondrial density, and then cycle back uh, let's say a power phase or something along those lines to increase power and strength production. Now we have more energy per cell from the mitochondrial density increase, and now we up the force production again or strength. The the potential, I guess, uh, thing to consider here is how long does that mitochondrial density stay? Is that a um, long-term physiological change, which it appears to be from what I've seen in the research, what it sounds like they're describing here, again, in our book um, of – Essentials of Strength and tra- strength Training and Conditioning um, from the NSCA that it, it's going to potentially fade over time if you don't provide at least a certain uh, stimulus or adaptation to it. Anyways, going on a little bit of a tangent here. So let's move on to the next chunk. Enzyme activity. Okay, so what are we talking about enzyme? Pretty much throughout the entire body, um, different mechanisms and different reactions have to take place, and enzyme activity is going to be a huge component to that. So creatine phosphokinase, kinase, horrible pronunciation, y'all. Increases, myokinase increases, phosphofructokinase variable, so it could go up or down, depends. Lactate dehydrogenase again variable, could go up or down. Sodium potassium ATPase, and that's actually just an abbreviation of uh, may slightly increase. Metabolic energy stores. This is a key one too. So when we're thinking about metabolic energy stores, thinking about the ability to store, and we'll go into the different variations, stored ATP, which is going to be the most important, I think, for the immediate readily available energy increases. Pretty much all of our metabolic energy is going to increase um, its storages, which is huge. That's what makes the aerobic endurance training such a uh, long-lasting impact or allows us to perform at longer distances and longer time frames is because all of our metabolic energy stores go up with it, um, especially if we're doing it right. Obviously, if there's overtraining involved or not enough of a minimal threshold or stimulus, we won't get this boost. But if we're doing it right with the right programming, um, then all of our metabolic energy stores will increase. Connective tissue, ligament strength increases, tendon strength increases, collagen content varies bone density no change or can increase so all of these again those are benefits again this is kind of comes with a caveat of um this is all in perspective of considering we're not overtraining and there's actually I'll do another um podcast another series actually specifically on aerobic overtraining cuz we did an anaerobic overtraining podcast two episodes ago or three episodes I guess um just check the history but there's also an aerobic overtraining factor to consider where connective tissue and some of these things can actually potentially go down, but that's another conversation. Then body composition, percentage of body fat decreases, fat-free mass, no change. So again, all these things that I just want to kind of keep this in mind, this is in an ideal world where we're properly programming and again, not overtraining. There's a balancing act that has to be considered of Again, how much volume do we use and how sport-specific is it to whatever it is that we're doing? Obviously, we can implement some of these um, benefits and strategies into programming if you want to increase mitochondrial density, if you want to get a little bit leaner from a lower body fat uh, percentage or increase connective tissue strength. But then you have to consider what are the other choices I could have made, especially for connective tissue. I would probably want to... um, depending on obviously the situation and the athlete or the individual, but I would want to even add uh, higher weight loads for connective tissue increase so long as we don't have a higher risk or a higher potential of a chronic uh, exposure to, let's say, um, a repetitive impact motion. So for example, in in combat sports, the potential downside to doing – additional running or additional training, even additional weight training is the potential damage it can have on the joints and on the body. But again, if we find the right balance of uh, the proper loaded training, it can increase all this connective tissue um, as well as running. But I would rather actually have them do their aerobic training from the skills from boxing, mitt work, wrestling, whatever it's going to be, and focus more on the resistance training for connective tissue purposes. But that's just kind of my perspective. Again, that's my own personal bias. I think you can ask, you know, 10 different coaches and potentially get 10 different answers. But that's part of the fun, in my opinion, as well. And that was what I I took away from the Fight Science Institute seminar um, back in New York a couple weeks ago. So again, y'all, that's just some of the kind of um, overlooks to the benefits of overtraining. I- I'm sorry, of aerobic endurance training and the adaptations our body's making and where you can kind of look to say, okay, if I need to improve from a performance standpoint, I want to improve muscular endurance or aerobic power. Let's use aerobic endurance training. But if you want to improve muscular strength or if you want to improve sprint speed or anaerobic power or um, vertical jumps, things like our maximal force production, Aerobic endurance training is probably not going to be the move for you. Now, it doesn't mean there's not other benefits, obviously, as we covered, stages in a plan, but ultimately knowing when and how and where is the key. And that's why I think it's so important for athletes to invest in yourselves, invest in getting with a coach or, again, working with us here. And if you don't want to work with us, I don't take a personal None of the team here take it personal. We'd be happy to get you with the people that... Uh, Could be the right fit for you. But again, coming in with a plan is huge. So there's a great quote I was reading in a a book I just finished up called Influencers um, by the same author that wrote uh, Controversial Conversations. And one of the quotes in one of the chapters was, doing your best is not enough. Having a plan and then doing your best is kind of how you want to approach it. Um, so this is the having a plan part. And again, that's why I think the fitness nutrition vault can be a huge plus, or again, using our pro coach program, or even just doing private consulting with us or one of our coaches, wherever you are, whether it's in person or via online, we can make it happen no matter what the situation. That's what I love about technology. So again, y'all, I hope you have a great rest of the week. I hope you enjoyed this one. If you have questions, feel free to reach out to us at the life of a fighter on Instagram at life of a fighter everywhere else. And again, it's info at lifeofafighter.com for questions. And again, hit us up on the website too, y'all. Peace. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our